0: Welcome back to Hey, On Track Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about On Track Frankfurt. I'm Chris in Detroit, uh, coming at you again for episode 252. I cannot believe we've been doing this this long. Uh, Brian really started something fun. This is a fan-run, fan-operated podcast, and we're bringing in more fans today. Uh, But before I get into that, I want to give... Um, A shout out to our watch parties this weekend. We've got one here in Detroit for Frankfurt versus Bayern. We'll be at the Detroit City Clubhouse on East Lafayette Street at noon uh, Eastern time. And the game starts at 1230. We'll get into that a little bit more later. But if you're here in Michigan, uh, maybe northern Ohio, if you're listening over in Ontario, Canada, hit the bridge. Uh, Less than a five minute wait. Last time I checked, come on over. I'll buy you two beers. If you come from Canada, I'll pay your whole damn tab. I'll put it that way. Uh, so join us at the Detroit City Clubhouse Saturday afternoon. So um, we're bringing in someone new today. This this is the fans podcast, and we're bringing in a new fan. And we're going to go a few time zones west of me to the West Coast, Best Coast, the state that I called home for four years, the beautiful state of Washington. We're going north, close to the Canadian border, Art. Welcome, Art. Welcome to HefPod. How are you doing tonight? Doing fine. Thanks for having me. Art, we were talking off air. Um, I'm going to ask you to tell it again. I love your story, and I think our listeners deserve to hear it. How did you end up a Frankfurt fan? Um, Tell us. Tell us from the beginning. Where did it all begin?
1: I began back in 1977. I lived in Munich for three years. And then in 79, we moved to Frankfurt. And I spent uh, from 79 to 91, I lived in Frankfurt. I went to high school there. I graduated from Frankfurt American High School. Uh, I started following the team, uh, probably 86, 87 time period. Uh, I've been to so many games at the old Waldstadion. Uh, I can't remember how many games I've it's, you know, I I was there in '88 when they won the when they won the cup. Uh, I wasn't in Berlin, but I was at the Romer when they presented the trophy, and that was just a magical time. And and to see them present the UEFA Cup, uh, this sorry the Europa Cup. We used to call it the UEFA Cup back in the '90s and '80s when I grew up there, and I, I still fall into that trap. Uh, watching them present the Europa Cup uh, this past spring was. It just brought back a flood of memories of growing up in Frankfurt.
0: You know, I've only been gone from my time living in Germany for about five years now. And for you, it's been quite a bit longer. Um, I still remember the sights, the smells, walking to the match, going into the stadium. Um, Some of the people that I met before the matches or on the train. Very, very core memories in my fandom of this club that goes back Long before I ever had the opportunity to go to the stadium, uh, is there a particular memory for you for all the games you saw, the parade you attended? Is there a particular player or a match that stood out to you as a favorite moment?
1: Well, I actually have two. Uh, one, I was a fan, so I was in the stands, and it was a um, it was the first round of the DFB Pokal. I uh, think it was August of '89. And we unfortunately had to play Bayern at home. And I remember uh, being in the Hoppenhof, getting on the S-Bahn to go to the stadium. And I ran into an old high high school friend who was going as well. And I asked him, do you have tickets? And he was like, no, do you? I said, nope, hopefully we'll be able to get them at the gate. And uh, G-Block at the time, that was the old Northwest curve. They used to call it G-Block, was sold out. So we ended up getting tickets to H-Block. And back then, I think we paid like 10 marks, which is nothing uh, but I remember the day. It was a beautiful August day, probably high 80s, low humidity. The stadium was packed. And we ended up losing, of course. Uh, every time I went to see Bayern, we ended up losing, which one of the <laughs> reasons why I hate Bayern so much. Uh, but uh, the way we lost, we lost 1-0. And um, Klaus Augenthaler shot the ball from midfield. And Uli Stein, who was our goalie, uh, just let it sail right all over his head into the goal. And that was the final score. Um, but just that day, that day was just so special. Um, and even though we lost, it was still such a magical day. Now, the other memory that I have was when I actually was working at the stadium. Uh, one of my first jobs out of high school, I was a, uh, a photographer for the European Stars and Stripes, which is the government newspaper over there. It wasn't a paid. I only got paid if they used my pitchers, but I would use my credentials to get into the stadium all the time. And uh, <laughs> pro- it was probably uh, the year after. It was 1990 or 1991. I can't remember. But it was Anthony Yaboa's first game there. And uh, they were playing Carl's and I think we won 3 nil or 3-1. Um, first game of the season, stadium sold out. And Yaboa had some fans – uh, from Ghana uh, and they were midfield right next to the field and they were just banging a drum the whole game. And I got to tell you, it was so annoying. But uh, the memory that I have is after the game, he ran over uh, to those fans. Um, and I was right behind him and, you know, he was thanking them and he turned around and he had his hands up in the air and I ended up getting the shot that I still have. Um, and it's one of the most precious memories that I have um, from going
0: to any of the games. That is incredible. He was such an electric personality, not just as a player, but even as an ambassador for the brand. Um, just really embodies everything that this club has meant. That's really cool. I'm going to bug you to share that picture with me because I, I kind of want to see that. That's got to be, like you said, just a highlight of your time with the club. Oh, absolutely.
1: That's absolutely.
0: Really cool. Um, do you have a favorite player from your time as a fan, either recent or in the past?
1: Uh, in the past. His name is Uwe Bain. Um He played on the German national team when they won the cup in 1990. Um, and he was in Frankfurt six or seven years. Um, I really like Uli Stein. He was my favorite goalie. Uh, he's not anymore because I'm a Kevin Trapp fan through and through. The guy is phenomenal. Uh, especially after what he did last year at Bayern. I hope he can duplicate that performance on Saturday. Um, you know, I I was a fan of the Buffalo Herd. Um, Haller, you know, especially what he's going through now, uh, being back on the pitch. Uh, you know, I followed him at West Ham when he went to Ajax and now in Dortmund. Um, kind of sad that he's back in the Bundesliga and we got to play against him in a, in a couple of weeks, but, you know... Um, I wasn't a fan of Jovic. Uh, he, he he just seemed to be at the right place at the right time when he scored his goals. Uh, I think the only time he put me in on was when he scored those five goals against D- Dusseldorf.
0: Dusseldorf. Yes. Yeah, and and I, that one I, I where he
1: yeah where he twisted his body in the middle of the air and scored. Uh, and the only other memory that I have of him that I that I appreciate was his goal against uh, Chelsea in London. But it wasn't him. It was Rabik, because after he passed the ball or after Jovic got the ball and even before he shot, if you look at the replay, Rabik had his hands up in the air already celebrating.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I know that shot very clearly. Um, it's cool when you look at, you know, I, I've followed the club since 94, yourself even longer, Um some of the ups and downs that we've experienced as longtime fans. And thankfully more recently, it's been more up than down. Um, I've mentioned it on the show before. My greatest memory with this club was attending the relegation playoff match in Nuremberg. And um, that wasn't far from where I lived at the time. And just the the feeling of dread that night as we struggled and then, Harris Seferovich saving us from the depths. You've seen multiple relegations and lived through that uh, locally. How, but yet part of the the thing that I try to explain to people about the Frankfurt following is that the league, the division, while that's imperative on the business side, as a fan of the club, um, your loyalty is to the crest, not to the league they're playing in. And I remember years in the, in the second division with in the two Bundesliga and the the most recent promotion where I was pulling so hard for that second division promotion to the first division, maybe even more so than I'm, I'm pulling right now in, and we're clearly in a battle for the top of the table. How do you describe that feeling? Um, the hurt you felt in the relegation, living there, and then the absolute pride in getting back to the top—was that something that stuck with you about the the emotional highs and lows that comes with following a club like Frankfurt? Relegation sucks, I
1: and mean, that's pretty much all you can say about it. <laughs> uh, you know, when your team drops, uh, it's it's got to be one of the worst feelings as a fan. It's a shame that uh, you know here in the United States we don't have it though, uh, because. The, rele- the relegation battles are almost as intense or exciting as the final four battles, the top, the top four teams. Um, you know, I, I always watch the playoffs. I, you know, they're, they're always exciting. Um, and you know, I also, I lived actually 20 minutes South of Frankfurt. When I lived there, I lived in Darmstadt and Darmstadt right now is top in the Zweite Liga. Um, and they should have been in the playoff last year, but uh, you know things happen, and and they ended up in fourth. But I have a feeling that this year uh, they may promote, and it's it's always exciting when you promote because anything can happen. Um, you know, you look at the teams that have promoted recently: uh, Bochum, Schalke. Uh, you know, they they work so hard to get back into the into the Bundesliga. You know it's unfortunate that Schalke is having problems right now, um, but um, relegation. When you drop, you feel like your world is just over. But when you get back in it, you are back at the party. You've been invited. You get to watch the top teams. You and, and Frankfurt. Frankfurt's been a very difficult club to follow. Um, you know, in the late eighties, early nineties, they had a lot of a lot of success. They were top three, top four um you know and and then they had the financial issues in the mid 90s and that's why they dropped the first time um but the catalyst to where they are today was the DFB Pokal against Bayern winning beating them 2018 2019 I can't remember the year uh 3-1 that's what started what's going on right now with this team that was the launching point um because that put them in the Europa League, uh, they made it all the way to the semis against Chelsea, lost in pens, uh, you know, and they've always been battling for Europe ever since. And with the way the team is 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 now, it I don't think there's ever been a better time Uh, financially. You know, they're not doing great, but that's because of COVID. Uh, But uh, with the acquisition of RKM. You know he'll probably be with us for hopefully another year after this year. But
0: the amount hopefully of money, ten that, years,
1: yeah, hopefully. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's a shame that Frankfurt's still a team that still has to sell players. Um, yeah. And
0: you know, it's a business, and there's you know that that's the problem when you're a fan and a fan, you know, where it, your weekends live or die based on what happens in Frankfurt. It's tough when you have to make that business decision. I hate Absolutely. talking about the economics of the game because I'm a fan. It's not my job to think about the economics. It's my job to cheer them on to a victory, uh, and that sucks. You know, I know we're going to talk about it later, um, but every time he scores a goal, it it makes me cringe a little bit right now. I need this window <laughs> to close before that happens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well,
1: you know um, – I- He's not going anywhere this year and he's not leaving in the summer. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think he's going to be with us next year, uh, but it's after the end of next year, you know, if he continues playing the way he's playing, I could easily see a hundred million, 120 million offer from a top team. And that's it's, just, the it's way, kind of just the way it is.
0: You know, it's, it's kind of risky. Um, I look at like, It's not the perfect comparison, but look at when we sold Luka Jovic for sixty million to Real Madrid, and that was such a big moment, a record transfer for us, and we, you know, practically built our current squad out of the money that we obtained from that sale. Um, But if we had waited another year and he had gone down in quality, it wouldn't have given that return. And you know, I, I only wonder if. RKM had scored that goal in the final minute of the World Cup final. Oh, What my. that would have done for his <laughs> value. I mean, that that would have been a whole different level of financial windfall for us. And at that point, we probably wouldn't have him here anymore. But I tend to agree with you definitely through the end of this year. I guess we have to see how things go in the Rook Runder as far as, you know, his ability to maintain the pace he's on. Um but I hope you're right that that we see him here next fall. So let, let's get into um, yesterday's recap real quick. Uh, we're recording right now on Thursday, so uh, yesterday's match on Wednesday. Eintracht Frankfurt one and Freiburg one. Um, kind of uh, kind of a roller coaster one for me. Uh, I'm gonna start with Romain. That it, it was fantastic. I was unaware that. Kevin Trapp was ill. Uh, I hope we have him back this weekend because we're going to need him. It is not easy to fill in for, in my opinion, the greatest goalkeeper in the world. Um, But I thought he did a fantastic job in a tough environment against a team that just likes to put the ball on target. Not always the most difficult shots, but yesterday they had a few good ones and he was asked to make a couple big saves early when we really struggled to keep, keep pressure up front. We really didn't get pressure up front all day um, sustained, but I thought, you know, having some confidence saves and goal early uh, kind of set us up um, through the middle part, uh, kind of back and forth play through the first half. And then the goal, uh, the guy we're just talking about, Randall, Colo what do you think of that goal? Was that just – I mean, it, he's only been here four or five months. It's hard to say vintage, but we've seen him do that so many times now where he just creates a little bit of space for himself and slots at home. How did it's you probably, feel it yeah. to that point? I thought it was against the run of play in general.
1: Uh, yeah, the, the game yesterday was, was garbage. Uh, you know, if we had played that way when we played Schalke, we would have lost um, – because Schalke actually played a decent game on Saturday, um, even though they lost 3 uh, 0.
0: Yeah, the score was not indicative of. No, the way no, that it game wasn't. Was uh, but y- y-
1: you have to look at what happened to Freeburg the game prior in Wolfsburg, where they lost 6 0. They were totally thrashed. You knew that they were going to come out on fire. Um, and Frankfurt looks displaced. They, they look lost, um, their, their passing was horrendous. Uh, there was one moment, uh, I think it was the 20, 25th minute where Kamada had, uh, he, he had the ball, he had no pressure on him. He had Mario running up the left-hand side, clear as day. He saw him, passed him the ball and he missed him by like 20 meters and it went straight to a defender. And I looked at Kamada's reaction and you could just tell he was like, I cannot believe I just screwed that up. And that was indicative of the entire game. Um, we only had four shots and, uh, our cam had the first two, he, the the first one, it was outside the the box and, you know, he had no chance of scoring, um, but he hammered it just because we needed a shot on goal. Um, but when you're talking about that goal in the 44th minute or whenever it was, I think he, he made it out of nothing he had four guys in front of him and he just drew the ball to his right and turned and shot and it went in and it was amazing um yeah you know but he's then the when you look of at the guy go ahead well oh, I was I was gonna I was gonna change the subject but you're still talking about him so you go ahead
0: well I I, w- I was just gonna mention that he's the kind of guy that like you said there are three four guys around him he has the ability to create enough space to get a shot off. It wasn't the hardest shot you've ever seen, but for a guy who was standing practically flat footed to place it the way he did with enough power to get it past the keeper. Um, not many guys have that kind of control over their body to get it in that place with that limited amount of space available. And that's the kind of thing where, uh, we've, we've had guys in the past, um, who could just kind of create for themselves and, you know, make something out of nothing and and lift a team that's clearly not playing well. I thought that was a kind of moment, even though it it came in a 1-1 draw, I'll take that one point off that, that, you know, goal rather than the alternative.
1: Absolutely, because the alternative would have been what happened earlier this year at Bochum where we lost yes. 3-0 to a team that had only scored five goals. And yep. the way we played yesterday was exactly how we played at Bochum. And the fact that we stole a point from Freiburg in Freiburg, I'll take it.
0: Um, you know, yep. And not an easy place to play either. Uh, that yep. um, I had the opportunity to go to the old stadium. I loved it. I wish they would have kept it around. The new one is built with similar elements and – It's a tough place to play, and that Freiburg club—I've talked about it before. I can't think of a team in Europe that that does so much with so limited resources. I know it's insane. They're not not bankrolled with billions of dollars. They just kind of mine the talent and pay reasonable prices and get the most out of it. Uh, They're well coached. They're well organized. And they surprise the hell out of everybody every year. I don't know why we're surprised by it. Um, yeah, They really deserve to be where they are right now. I think, I mean, Ginter's goal was a perfect cross, a perfect header. Ramai had no chance to stop it. None. It, you know, um, I think we we're lucky to escape with a point. And I agree. Right. Do you, are you concerned about, and we've never had a World Cup in the middle of the season. Uh, we traveled a good amount of players to the World Cup. They've had plenty of time to rest afterwards. But is this just, hey, it's a restart, and we've been fortunate to take four out of six since coming back. Let's be thankful for it. Or are there legitimate concerns to be had? I hope we never have the World Cup in November again. I didn't like it.
1: <laughs> I, I, I Honestly, I didn't like it. Uh, yeah. You know, and and the struggles that we're going through, and yeah, I mean, if you look at the you look at the gameplay on Saturday and and again on Wednesday, uh, all the rest of the teams are struggling as well. I mean, if you have watched Bayern play their first two games, which I have watched, um, they don't look great. Uh, but we can't play like we did yesterday on Saturday and and expect to get a point from from Bayern. It's just not going to happen. Um, yeah. So you know, it, with the World Cup being in November. Uh, all the teams are facing it right now. And, and, you know, the better teams that do have the players who, who did play, are uh, you know, are probably struggling a little bit more because their players went further and, you know, they didn't get to rest. Um, so, you know, that is what it is. And there's nothing we can do about it. But hopefully it'll never happen again. I, I think uh, they're, they're talking about uh, Saudi Arabia is trying to get the World Cup. And if that happens, then it's probably going to be in November again. It's
0: going to be the same uh, thing. Sure. Yeah. You know, I last piece I have as far as what happened on Wednesday, um, the right side is an area where there have been a lot of question marks, and Ansgar Knauf um, being in that role right now didn't look to have a lot of chemistry with Jesper Lindstrom in front of him. I, I don't know what to think. Um, we're not exactly strong on either wing, but I feel like Knauf is – done enough he he deserves more of an opportunity out there but man we got to see some results we're not crossing the ball well we're not getting the strong play up the right side that he provided last year during that cup run and to me that's kind of critical uh we i mean going back to um uh philip Kostic where 90 percent of our play came from the wing we don't have the talent on the ball we're not a good enough passing team to move the ball through the middle. So the wings are critical and we have to get some sort of offensive production coming from, you know, the Lentz and Goatza combination or the Knauf-Lindström um, combination. There's got to be something on the wings. And that's my biggest concern is who's going to feed our the hungry RKM up front. If it's not coming from the wings, it's coming from the middle, and that's kind of slim pickings, right?
1: Yeah. We, there has been a massive drop off on both our wings from, you know, I mean, how do you replace a cost, a caustic? You can't, I mean, the, the, can. the guy could cross the ball with his eyes closed. Um, the issue though, it is isn't our wings because if you look at how we were playing in October and November, uh, you know, when the team was balanced, everybody was gelled together. It'll happen again. Uh, so, I think it's just going to take time, and unfortunately it's probably not going to happen this weekend. Uh, but, uh, you know, cross my fingers. Uh, but, you know, um, I see the wings. I, I'm a fan of Knauf. I think he's a great player. I think Chris on the left-hand side is, is – he's all right. He's improved from the beginning of the year, and I think he can only improve more. I think the biggest problem the team has right now – is the center back. Uh, Schmolick is um, inexperienced. Um, you know, I know Hasabe is injured. Uh, he was on the bench on Wednesday. I'm surprised we didn't get to see him. Uh, Amani Torre is back on the bench as well. Um, I yeah. think our, our back three is is the weak link in the team. And it's surprising me that we've only allowed, as, I think, the third fewest goals in the B- Bundesliga this year. Um, at least it was Saturday. I don't know what it is now. Um, but Andika uh, has been having such a terrible year compared to the previous three. And I don't know, I, I'm, I'm going to guess it's because Philip isn't there with him anymore, and he, you know, he's, he's, he's missing that connection, um, but he just seems to be lacking something. And Tuta, I love Tuta, but he makes so many mistakes. It just drives me nuts. Um, but I'll take those two day in and day night. they uh, they they they're, they're just great. It's Smolik that, uh, I know he needs the game time. He needs, the, he needs the experience. And, uh, but, uh, you know, that's where you miss Hinteregger. Uh,
0: that's where it's, it's tough. Not, it's just not, not, not the having same. the ability to bring a, a true veteran in that has more presence, you know, it, yeah. and Dika for how much experience he has, he's fairly young. And Tuta, for how much experience he has, he's fairly young. And absolutely back to what, what you said before about Kostic um, before Lentz took that spot over, Kostic was a box to box player, and Indica knew that he was able to be a little more aggressive because Kostic had the pace to get back and cover his ass if he got beat. And Lentz doesn't have that, and if he did, he'd probably get you know break his leg again or something yeah (laughs) just you know he's glass and it's no offense to him it's just you know the way it is and if we're gonna be putting him out there and taking a risk at another injury then we're asking uh indica to play back and play safe a little more and on the other side tuta's had a revolving door of players on that right side and there's not a lot of chemistry going on on that wing i think and uh, last year when Knauf was at his best, I thought him and Tuta worked well, um, but we're not seeing that same chemistry right now. So, you know, I, I'm a big fan of playing from the back and systemically moving the ball forward, but we got a lot to work out. You know, the fact that, that we've carried possession in most of our games, but our passing percentage is kind of garbage. Uh, we are still the through balls in space and the... The turnovers in transition tends to be our best option right now, and that's not a sustainable quality of play if we're going to try to win any of the tournaments that we're still in. Maybe you can get through the, the pokal that way, but not in Champions League and definitely not in the Bundesliga.
1: Agreed, agreed. Uh, out of all the stats that concern me, it's it's the duels, and our percentage in duels challenges has been extremely low this year. And again, it was, I think, out of all the stats on Wednesday's game, it was the most glaring. Uh, 68, I think, percent of the duels we lost, 68 uh, percent, uh, it's unacceptable. And um, that was, I think, you know, part of it was Freeberg coming out on fire. Uh, but at the same time, it's just, you shouldn't be doing that and be and expect to be top four.
0: Agreed. Um Last note on this one before we move on uh, a point of a point of pride for me that has been there all year is a continued stability of Jabril. So in the middle, Uh, the guy is just always in the right place to cover whomever is making a mistake in the middle. Uh, He likes to get turnovers and then quickly push the ball the other way. I thought he played a good game yesterday and he's going to get called upon a lot this coming weekend, but he has been for me, the most consistent player on this team outside of Kevin trap all year.
1: A hundred percent agree with you. Uh, the way that he has evolved in the three years that he's been on the team has just been outstanding. And that's one of the reasons why the teams in England are calling for him. The other player I'd like to point out, which when he first came back to Frankfurt, I was not too excited, uh, was, was Rhoda. Um, Every time he got the ball, like last year and when Hooter was coach, he'd pass it back. He'd pass it back. And I'd always yell at the TV, why are you passing the ball back? Stop passing the ball back. Turn around and attack. You know. And this year, uh, for I, I don't know if Ollie said something to him, but he is pressing the ball this year. And when he came on the pitch, everything changed for Frankfurt against Freeburg. And it, it, it's like the game turned. And we ended up controlling, our passes improved, our duels improved. So it was like the last 20 minutes, the game changed and it, you know, shocking that we didn't get more shots, but at the same time, I think it has a lot to do with Rota being on the pitch.
0: I agree Uh, we're, you know, we're not super talented at the front end outside of RKM. Uh, The other forwards are, are good. They're not at that next level yet, and we're not great on the back end. But our midfield, the central midfield, is outstanding, and Absolutely. those guys are gonna those guys are gonna keep us in every match. And we're gonna have to talk about that one as we preview this weekend shortly. Uh, but it's time for a break, and before we get into the break here, uh, let's talk about what we're drinking. My favorite segment. This is really where where my uh, expertise comes into play. Hashtag What are we drinking? Art, um, uh, is there a drink of choice that you have, or something good that you've had recently that you want to give a shout out to? Well, I'm drinking. <laughs> I'm drinking water
1: right now, and uh, I've got an indoor soccer. Too. Uh, I've got an indoor soccer game here in, a, in an hour, or so um, and I've actually used these uh, tablets that you put in it, and you know, it's the first time I've used it, and I thought it would taste like crap, but it tastes pretty good. But usually. Um, Growing up in Germany, I drank a lot of German beer. Uh, my favorite was fumstadter pf Fum, Fumstatter. Uh, Just It was smooth. Um, it was a brewery about 30 minutes south of Frankfurt. Um, can't get it here, of course. Uh, when I came back to the States, 91, 92, and I had a beer, I could not believe that they called it beer. It was just, <laughs> it was terrible. Um, and... So my go-to beer now, unfortunately, I hate saying this, it's Paulaner, but I'm not going to drink any. Uh, I will pop one if Frankfurt wins in Munich, uh, but Paulaner is the beer for Bayern Munich. The only reason why I drink it is because it reminds me of home. Uh, yeah. Nothing over here comes close. I like the Pilsner. I like the Oktoberfest Martzen uh, you guys can pick that up at Costco, probably in September. They usually have it. Um, yeah, but the best is the Hefeweisen. Uh, and, uh, that's, that's my go-to.
0: I, when it comes to Munich beer, I'm, I'm an Augustiner guy. Uh, but again, you can't get Augustiner you can't get any almost anywhere.
1: I yeah, completely yeah, agree a, with you. Augustiner it, it, is uh, the best.
0: It is. And, you know, the problem is I was fortunate enough to consume so much of it that now (laughs) i you know i have a hofroy or or a polliner and it just it can't compare but yeah yeah that that's we need to have a whole podcast on our favorite. absolutely i I think that's a side project for us um myself tonight so uh, my beloved home state of michigan is celebrating its 186th birthday today so i'm on an all michigan cocktail tonight of course, Verner's the classic, the original ginger ale uh, brewed right here in Detroit back in the day, still brewed here in Michigan. Um, I shouldn't say brewed, um, concocted here in Michigan. And I'm combining it with Coppercraft whiskey, Coppercraft distillery out of Holland, Michigan. My favorite uh, whiskey in the Midwest until you get down to Kentucky, then they just take it to a whole different level. That's good stuff down there. But Verners and whiskey for me tonight. Happy birthday to the state of Michigan, uh, to wherever you are drinking, to on track. Uh, we say prost. We'll be back for segment two in just a yeah. minute. Welcome back to segment two, episode 252. Chris in Detroit, Art out in Seattle area, Washington. Uh, Had a great conversation about his roots with the club. Uh, Talked about his time in Germany. And there's another team that uh, he was associated with during his time in Germany that we're going to talk about for a minute as we look at what's going on around the Bundesliga. Uh, Bundesliga 1, Bundesliga 2. Let's talk about uh, the two Bundesliga first. Uh, familiar face, a suburban Frankfurt team, Darmstadt, sitting number one after 17 matches played in the second division, um, followed closely behind Hamburg and Heidenheim. Uh, Kaiserslautern sitting there a few points back. There's seven back from the top, but only four points back from that playoff spot. Art, I know you know this. Um, I have a hard time ever looking away from the second division there because they have drama till the last day. Their title is never determined early. There's always playoff position being fought for. I think uh, it was a year or two ago, the top six teams were all in play in the final two weeks. I love that second division battle.
1: I wish ESPN would show more. They only show one or two games a week. Uh, I remember yeah. when Fox Sports had it, they would show every single game minus the announcer. But we really don't need the announcers. I like the announcers, but you know sometimes you like to tune them out. Um, I love the second division. I love the battles. Uh, you know, you mentioned Kaiser They are just promoted from the third league, and look at the success that they're having. It's it's amazing. Um, but Darmstadt, I, I've been to many games at the old B- B- Faltor, I think I pronounced that right. Now it's Merkstadion. There's one player I wish Frankfurt would grab, and I know he's been in the news, and that's Patrick Pfeiffer. Uh, mm. He 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 would be a perfect fit in our back chain, um, you know. And the fact that we're going to be playing Darmstadt in the next round of the P- Pokal next month. Um, I think it'll be a pretty exciting game. I'm looking forward to it. I'm rooting for Frankfurt, of course. Uh, but uh, Darmstadt has, uh, you know, if Darmstadt makes the Bundesliga, which I hope they do, uh, you know, they'll be my second favorite team just because I live there and I've
0: been to the, the stadium so many times. I think I can give you an exception on that. You know, at least it's not mine. So if it was mine, then we'd have to. Absolutely. We'd have to cut your microphone <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we talked about the battle at the top. Um, not that it's going to affect us much, but uh, the battle at the bottom, there are seven teams within three points of that that last position to go down to the, the three Liga. So everything's wide open there. It's wide open at the top. It's wide open at the bottom. And then you got about six teams in Purgatory in the middle. Uh, really, I, I think it would be cool to see Kaiser Slaughter and then Darmstadt come up. Um, more of those Frankfurt area rivalries get reignited, makes for more fun match days home and away. And, you know, I, I, I've never been big on the big clubs. I really don't care about the Schalke's and, um, you know, everyone's like, what about Hamburg? I don't care. If you don't don't care care about them either. Yeah. yeah, If you don't care to win and you're not willing to do what it takes to win and, or do it the right way. You know, I, I don't like Leipzig because they didn't do it the right way. They just bought it. But they bought it, then yeah. you get the, the anti-Leipzig in, in Schalke who expects people to play there for free just based on their their club's, you know, pretty good history. But come on. Like, I, I don't care about the big clubs. I want the Darmstadt's. And and historically, Kaiserslautern, that, that's a big club. And big having club. them back, that would mean a lot to a lot of the longtime traditional fans to see them back. In the top division and especially in the Frankfurt area. That would reignite some huge rivalries.
1: Absolutely. So, and the well, bonus would be less travel for, for the players, uh, less travel for absolutely. the fans.
0: Yeah. Uh, so let's take a look now at the first division where Frankfurt sits fourth in the table on 31 points, halfway through the season now officially. Uh, who are we chasing? You know, we're going to talk about it in a bit. Uh, the evil empire in in Munich you got Bayern sitting on 36 points. union on Berlin on 33, Leipzig on 32, and then uh, three teams: Frankfurt, Dortmund, Freiburg on 31. Frankfurt's sitting at the top of that group based on goal differential. Um, Don't forget about Wolfsburg.
1: Don't forget about Wolf, Wolfsburg. Shoot, they yeah, they, you know, they won I, I six 0 on again. Saturday, and uh, they
0: I think it was five one no five nil against Berlin. So since they've won five in a row, and yeah. yet nobody's talking about it because they started the season so poorly. Um, I just think it's gone under the radar, but they're beating good teams, not not just. The Shelkas and the Balkans, they're beating good teams by big, well, big scores. Uh, Nicole big has score actually lines. turned
1: that team around.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I really and like what, that's, what, what he's done. That's not one that I want to face anytime soon. Uh, ahead of the schedule, March 5th. So we got some time for them to cool down. Hopefully that's going to be, uh, a little bit tough, uh, they're not going away anytime soon. A team that I thought was going to be hot started the year ice cold, and they're back in the mix, is Leverkusen. Sitting Leverkusen. at one mm-hmm. 5 in a
1: row. Absolutely. Um,
0: you know, they had a, a god-awful goal differential. Uh, I think they were sitting at, like, minus 15 early in the year. They're sitting at uh, plus two, 2 now. Plus 2. So they they figured it out. Um, who else are we looking at? Uh... Mines down the road, sitting mid-table, pair of the usual. Um, Let's talk about the bottom of the table here. It's no surprise to have Volcom down there. Hertha Berlin, they're stuck in their little rut. Uh, Somehow they escape every year. I don't know if they have it in them this year because they just cannot score goals. They're Um, one of my
1: teams that uh, I picked to relegate, them and Augsburg. Those were the two.
0: Um, yeah, and I think and, I had Holcomb at the
1: playoffs. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Schalke is sitting on nine points through seventeen matches. Is it time to just kind of move past them? I mean, I know they're <laughs> a traditional power. They got a big stadium, but you know they've had so much drama in their front office, and their financial woes have been no secret in recent years. Is Shalka dead, or is that a brand that can still hold on to itself?
1: I think it's a brand that can still hold hold on. They've got a huge fan base, uh, a lot of membership. It's just going to take a it's just it's just going to take time. They may drop again. Uh, there's still plenty of games left. I mean, we're only halfway through the season, so you know it. They're they're seven back from the playoff spot. Uh, you know that's not a lot of ground to make up. They just need to start playing better. Um, and they actually looked good against us on Saturday. Let's not forget that. Uh, yesterday, they looked terrible. Uh, but when they played us on Saturday, they didn't look like a team that was place 18. It just did not feel that way.
0: Um, there was a we, stat that, w- that went up during their game. Uh, the, the production had a stat up that they've allowed the most goals after the 70th minute in the entire league. Yeah, and I that's that. the kind of thing that gets you relegated because they they were in the game against us until uh, a couple mistakes at the end helped us out. And that was not a 3-0 three, three match. And, you know, it was 1-0 and it it could have been tied. Um, but that's the kind of thing where I think Shelka needs a little bit of a reset. Um, we thought that the relegation last time around would wake them up. I don't think they have the right people in place. They really need a come-to-Jesus moment where they say, Hey, we need to gut this and, and start all over again, you know, redesign your board, redesign everything from the bottom up because a club like that should not be an elevator club there. You know, you have your bad year, you face your relegation, you reorganize, you come right back and you hit it hard. They should be for, for the resources they have and their prior experience they should be sitting mid-table right now, and they're not. So I don't have sympathy if they go down. I love seeing big teams go down. I'm going to love watching Hertha Berlin go down. Um, but I I think Schalke will be back. It's just a matter of whether they're willing to do the right thing to come back strong. So on track Frankfurt sitting in fourth position here um, as we enter the Rook Runda, uh, chasing down Leipzig, Aguni and Berlin. What is a realistic path uh, in the second half of the season? Ah, it's tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it this way: we are not going to win the Bundesliga, um, but we're gonna fight like hell for it. I think it's a top four position, but you have to fight off the likes of Dortmund. You have to fight off the likes of Freiburg, and. In order to finish top four, you you really have to have not you you have to avoid the down weeks. So there's going to be times where a, a, what should have been a win turns into a draw. But you turn the wins that fall into a draw. But then you also have the should be losses that turn into victories because you eke out a late goal or something like that. I don't believe we have the legs to win the table but I think we have the legs to finish top four and it's going to be about organization. And as we've traditionally had that emotional roller coaster in the second half, um, I'm looking for stability. I think Oliver Glassner has bucked the trend of Frankfurt being a one horse pony, uh, or a, a one horse, uh, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? I don't know. Too much whiskey tonight. But <laughs> <laughs> Oliver Glasner has figured out a way to speak to this club. Last year, all all the eggs were in the Europa League basket. It worked out in our favor. My concern is this year, still running three competitions, we're going to have to lose one of them. I mean, obviously, we're not winning the treble, and we're not going to win a double. Um, but I think we're beyond the point of saying all our all our focus is on Champions League or Bundesliga. Um, what? Now that we're officially at the halfway point, what is the maximum that we can accomplish at this point? Well, you know,
1: being in all three competitions is pretty impressive now, especially since it's our first year in the Champions League. If we win the Pokal, though, the DFB Pokal, and, you know, lose against Napoli and end up in sixth or seventh place in the Bundesliga, I'll be satisfied with that. If you look at our schedule coming up, our away schedule is Murderer's Row. Uh, we have to play at Bayern, at Ber- at Union, at Leipzig, at Dortmund, uh, at Wolfsburg, at Leverkusen, basically all the top teams we have to play.
0: The toughest at- matches are all on the road.
1: Exactly. And yep. the two toughest, besides Bayern, uh, Berlin, Union Berlin, excuse me, and Leipzig, both are three days after we play Napoli each game. Um, you know, if, if if we can get two points or possibly three out of, you know, those two, two games, that's a win for us um, because we usually don't play too well the weekend after we play Europe. And to go into Union Berlin or Leipzig, that's not going to be easy with the way that those two teams are playing right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, Handling those emotional roller coasters. Um, I much prefer having the first match of the European competition on the road because I think we respond better emotionally after the road matches. The atmosphere in Frankfurt for those European matches is so great. And I think it drains us emotionally. And when you come out of that on a Wednesday and then you're expected to turn around on Saturday and the fans just they can't repeat that. I mean, it's it's a special thing. There's no way to do it. I don't fault the players. I don't fault the fans. Um, But we got to find a way to do it this year because you can't have a spiral. It's okay if we fall out of of contention in one of the competitions, um, but it's not okay. if we have a spiral, we can no, allow that to, to turn into, you know, f- struggling against Napoli turns into losing five in a row in the Bundesliga. Well, now we're out of the two competitions that we really care about. No I disrespect agree. to the cup, but uh, that's going to sound bad. It's going to sound American arrogant, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, the cup is old news to me. Um, I'm here for Europe. I'm here for the Meisterschale. That's that's the next goal in the development of this club. And until we achieve those goals, the DFB Pokal for me is just kind of you know it, huh. It's a, you know, that's, it's it, the side. That's
1: that's, that's that's it's different for me because the DFB Pokal, growing up, Frankfurt was always considered a Pokal team. Uh, they always sure. played their best for the Pokal. <laughs> And and you know I took I took that to heart. And you win the Pokal, you're you're in Europe the following year, regardless of where of where you place. Um,
0: that used to be our only route into Europe.
1: though. Yeah, and we need to stay in Europe. That's the key. Uh, you know, if we don't win the Cup, we have to be top six, uh, or top five. I don't don't want to be in that third competition. I don't even know what it's called.
0: I don't watch that. No, I, I I'm not interested at all. Yeah. It it for me. You know, I've said it before. I'm fine playing in the Europa League. I mean, I have the great memories of the last few years, and obviously last year's championship is is at the core of my Frankfurt memories. But um, where we see that next level, it's not just getting to the Champions League. It's when you get there the second year in a row. Staying, staying. You know, God willing, the third year in a row. What that does for you financially. Um, can really set us apart. And especially with the finances of COVID now coming into play, I mean, we're really lucky to have the run we had. Mm-hmm. We've almost erased our COVID deficits. Uh, for those that you know pay attention to the checkbook, I don't too close. But we've been fortunate to have the luck we, we've had at this point in time. Um, but really going back next year, all my eggs are in this Bundesliga basket and Napoli would be great. Every every match we win, that's, you know, a couple more million dollars. That's fantastic. Another home gate to take home more money, that's always a good thing. But if I'm being realistic, we're not winning the Champions League and we know that. So, yeah, absolutely. Come, uh qualify through the league and anything is possible going into the next season because um you know, this might be the the perfect segue into our Bayern preview. Um they don't have Manuel Neuer in, down in Bayern anymore. And nope. it, that used to be the bugaboo for us. We could put 20 shots on target and Neuer would stop all 20. Um, spoiler alert, Manuel Neuer is not who he was 10 years ago. And there's an opportunity for Frankfurt to be legitimate contenders in the Bundesliga next year. I, I'm not going to get ahead of myself for this year. <laughs> but we have a legitimate opportunity to be contenders next year if we keep the right group together and if we add to it by qualifying for the Champions League again maybe borrowing off future earnings just a bit in a reasonable way that you know is responsible enough to account for other things that might happen i don't know i'm rambling on a bit um, no no
1: it, it, when you think about it you are thinking about it correctly though the champions league is where successful teams need to be because it attracts players it brings in revenue uh you know i remember uh during the summer the news was like oh we're losing philip we're losing philip we're not going to get you know any money for him he's going to sign on the free or whatever it is well you know what we made the champions league and that champions league money took care of that uh so for keeping him it was 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 priceless um again with you know, with the problems that we're going to be facing this year, we're going to lose Kamada. We're going to lose Indica. Most likely both of them. We may even lose soul, um, because he'll be on his last year. Um, and, and to lose those three players, if we're not in the champions league, other players are going to look at us, go, yeah, I don't want to play for you guys. Uh, so it's, it's tougher to recruit those, those new players.
0: Yeah. We talked about how good Freiburg is at mining something out of nothing. Um, I would argue that we're right behind them as far as uh, turning coal into diamonds. Not that we're signing bad players, but we're signing guys at a very bargain rate. And, you know, Jesper Lindstrom, I, I follow the Danish league, so I knew who he was. Um, but I guarantee 99% of fans had never heard his name before. All of a sudden, he's one of our most, most important players right now. So we're good at mining that talent and Crocher and, and Oliver Glasner have put together another competitive squad, it's not easy to come in and just hit the ground running and be as successful as they have. Um, but I think we're in a position now where we can start looking forward safely, projecting success. I, I don't know the level of that success, but it's safe enough to say, um, Frankfurt will be competing in Europe or competing for European positions. Now we are the moody diva. I uh, got to put that. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. That's right. At any given time, we might lose five in a row and someone will say, Chris, you're stupid. And, you know, send me a death threat on Twitter, which I'd probably deserve at that point. If we lose five in a row, um, I'll quit the show, <laughs> but you yeah, know, I don't it, think that's going to happen, <laughs> but we're sitting here at the end of January and we're talking three competitions and not just three competitions. We're talking about success. In it's three exciting. Competitions. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. It's unparalleled. I mean, we talked earlier about your 40 year relationship with the club, my 30 years. I, I pinch myself every morning when I look at my phone and see the wallpaper and think about, you know, back in the day, just how difficult it was. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Detroit lions fan. I'm used to, having a shitty team to follow I've been there with this club where it was just embarrassing and I didn't want to see the score from the prior day um, but we look forward to it every day now and now we're gonna to get to the big one let's talk about what's coming up Saturday um, because is is as much as I struggled to get up for the Freiburg match I was really concerned about our ability to match them, and I think that kind of played out the way we expected. I'm feeling pretty confident against Bayern. Saturday, January 28th, 12.30 Eastern time here in the States, 9.30 on the West Coast. Um, it's a nice little, uh, they're, they're playing the late one for you. You actually get to get a little breakfast before the game kicks off for you. Yeah, it's not it's, um, it's
1: not 6.30 in the morning, it's 9.30 for me, so that's good.
0: Yeah, I I remember that when I was living out there, just how awful it was getting up that <laughs> early. And I mean, I, I was doing it. I was popping a beer at 6.30 in the morning because that's what you're supposed to do. But 9.30 is a little more socially acceptable. Yeah. Um, so, Bayern and Frankfurt. Um, Bayern's trending down. Frankfurt's kind of hovering in neutral right now. What's going to happen? What are we expecting?
1: You know this one's a tough one uh, because you're right. Bayern is trending down, and they had a they had a spell earlier this season where they tied four, they drew four games in a row. Um, Summer, I watched the game against Köln. He didn't look comfortable. Um, he might be trying too hard to be Neuer with 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 his passing. I you know, it's 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 really tough. But they're back to our, our top? You know. Um, I think the problems that we're going to have with with Bayern is Kimmich, Musiala, and Alphonso Davies just because of his speed. Um, Other than that, I can see us stealing a point. I really can. Um, But we can't play like we've played Saturday and Wednesday. We can't play like we did against Schalke um, yesterday as well. Uh, the, The thing that's going against us, though, is that we beat Bayern in Bayern last year. And it was 20 years prior that we beat Bayern and Bayern. So, you know, hopefully it's not going to take another 20 years for us to to beat them on their home pitch. Uh, but Saturday, maybe possibilities there. You know, I, I see about a 20% chance of us stealing it. Um, a draw, maybe 33% chance. Um, yeah. I'm feeling pretty good about that, though. Usually when we play Bayern, I'm like, we have no chance. Uh, but I'm looking at this game, and I think – this team always plays well against the the better teams. We always come up to their level. And I think we can do that this Saturday.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I mentioned without Manuel Neuer. I think, actually, that this will piss off a lot of uh, Bavarians, but they're a better team just tactically without Manuel Neuer in there. I don't think his little sweeper keeper thing is effective in their starting 11 and you know for all the talent they have uh they tend to just kind of fall apart um I don't know how you have a billion dollars worth of players out there and get countered the way they have in open space but uh there's going to be opportunities there for Jesper Lindstrom there's going to be opportunities for Kamada is a trailer coming up or Goza uh, if, gosh, if anybody on our team has a reason to, you know, go out there and have the game of his life, uh, let it be Mario Goza this weekend. Um,
1: would that be nice? Hopefully, That would be hopefully,
0: nice. Yeah. I, I mean, hopefully, you know, Rhoda, this might be his last opportunity facing them. I know he's coming back next year, but he's susceptible to injury too. So, you know, hopefully he gives his best match as well. I just think things are lining up in our favor, and I really hate that confident feeling. Um, I don't know where I'm at with the prediction yet. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, but you're right. Historically, we play up to teams or we play down to teams, and that is never going to change for as long as uh, as long as our club is on track, Frankfurt. We're going to continue to do that, but for me in this one, it comes down to. I, all right, I'll put it this way. I think we're going to score early, um, but the thing with Bayern has always been if they score, they're scoring a second one quickly after. And I agree. You know, yeah. we saw it. We, we saw it in that week one matchup, which we have to talk about as much as I don't want to. Um, we were emotionally not ready for what that moment was. and, I think if it was played again today or if it was played again a week later than it was, um, it would have been a totally different result. I don't read anything into that result because we were kind of starstruck. This is not going to be that way. Um, I'm going to call this one a 2-2 draw. It's not going to be a track meet. It's going to get ugly and we might have to hang on for it. Uh, But I think we score first. Um, I don't know what happens after that, but we're going to end up with a 2-2 draw. Uh, Uh, What do you predict?
1: I've got 1-1. That's what I put down. Um, And I think that first game of the season, yeah, we were starstruck. You know, five goals in the first half. It was insane. Um, But I think we could use that game to our benefit. I mean, they embarrassed us on national TV. It was telecast all over the world. Um, You know, and the fact that we won there last year. I mean, I know Trap had the game of his life, but we won two-one last year, and I think that's, the possibility is there. But you know, to be a little bit more realistic, I'm picked one-one draw, and I think you're right. Yeah. I think I think we will score first.
0: You know, I I think the thing that I respect the most about Oliver Glasner when he took over, he wasn't afraid to discuss the uncomfortable subjects. You know the the moody diva, as we call her, or, you know, how long it's been since we won in Bayern or, you know, any of the list, the laundry list of frustrations that we've had. Um, he wasn't afraid to discuss them. And he said, let's talk about them. Let's, let's face those and let's rewrite the history. And last year's win there was so big for setting that tone. And I really think that that's something that we can build on there's no fear going in. Sure. They're going to want to get back at us because we beat them last year there. Um, But we also have revenge on our minds because they embarrassed us on global television in week one. So I, I think we got a shot. I'm not going to predict it. um, But I certainly think we're going to perform up to their level. Agreed. hundred percent. So that's it. Uh, Art says one, one, I say two, two, Uh, Send the show your predictions. Uh, Submit your predictions over any of our social media channels. Uh, If you predict an exact score, then we're going to make sure you get a half pod prize pack in the mail. Uh, One winner per week. Art, you are not eligible because you're on the show this week. I just kind of made that rule up. Um, (laughs) But, you know, try again another time. (laughs) Darn. (laughs) Uh, Man, this was fun. We're going to do it again sometime. I really appreciate you sitting down and telling us your your Frankfurt story. Um, are you on social media? I know you're on our discord now. If, uh, if anyone's out there listening, join our discord chat, the link will be in our Twitter bio. Uh, fantastic. 24, seven, track Frankfurt chat. Some other chat there as well. Guitar chat. You're a guitar guy, aren't you? That's right. <laughs> I love it. We got a lot of, we got a lot of uh, guitar guys on our discord chat. So if that's your thing, um, Beer is your thing. Food is your thing. And more importantly, on track Frankfurt is your thing. Uh, come over to our Discord chat. Um, Art, it's been fun talking to you tonight. We'll do it again soon. How's that sound?
1: I appreciate it, Chris. I've had a good time. And uh, go Lions next year.
0: Go Lions. We'll see. I, I'll take an on track Frankfurt win this weekend. We'll get <laughs> to the Lions, uh, you know, when a big oh, can fly. Yeah. <laughs> <sweet. laughs> Uh, yeah, so get in touch with the show on Instagram uh, at HeyOnTrekFrankfurt, on Twitter at HEFPod, Facebook.com forward slash HEFPod, and HEFPod.com. And that's it for episode 252. We will talk to you next week. Tschüss. Tschüss.
1: With the acquisition of RKM, he'll
0: probably be with us for hopefully 10 years.